How you doing, Duff here? This isn't a calisthenics video. It's not a video about car repairs or home improvement projects. Uh, this is a video about my drone and an incident that happened to me uh, when I was flying my drone last September during our western road trip. Um, I brought my drone with me to fly at various scenic destinations that we were scheduled to see on the trip. And one of those uh, places that I flew with the drone very briefly was in Yellowstone National Park. I was, uh, I, we were there two days. I flew it on the second day for about five minutes. And uh, somewhere in the northwestern section of the park, uh, when I took off, it was just uh, myself and Cindy, nobody else around. Uh, it's just a little, little pretty mountainside, not a whole lot else to uh, say about it. But anyways, I, I flew the drone. Had my GoPro on there. Like I said, it's about a five-minute flight. I edited it down to about a 90-second video that I posted on YouTube. Like uh, most of my aerial videos, wind up on YouTube. So, like I said, that was in September. And then fast forward to Christmas Eve of all days, uh, 2015. I got there was a call that came in on my cell phone with a Wyoming number on it which I thought was odd. Didn't answer it. I don't normally answer calls from unknown numbers. And the uh, person that called did not leave a message. And, uh, which I thought, oh, okay, telemarketer, you know, normal thing. So, but the thing was, is I got three or four more of these calls during the day where they would call, not leave a voicemail. So, on my way home from, I can't remember where I was, I think I was coming home from Christmas shopping or something like that on Christmas Eve. Call came in again. It was like the fifth one of the day. So I answered the phone, and here on the other line is a person that identified himself as a Yellowstone Park Ranger. And he proceeded to ask me a bunch of questions about my flight. He said he saw my flight on YouTube, uh, started to ask me some, some specifics about it, and I thought he was asking perhaps to get uh, permission to use the video on something else because I've had that happen with some of my other YouTube videos where somebody sees something that's interesting and they want to include it in their video, compilation video, or I don't know, I had no idea. But anyways, you know, I answered all of his questions. I, I gave him approximates because I wasn't really sure since it was three months ago because he was asking stuff like um, you know, the, the exact date, the exact location in the park, the exact time. I, I wasn't really sure of any of that. So anyways, after I gave him all this information, he proceeds to tell me that Oh, by the way, it's illegal to fly drones in any national park. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I didn't know that. Um, and I, I assumed he was just going to say, hey, take down the video. Don't do it again. You know, my bad. You know, because I'm, I'm a law-abiding guy. I would never intentionally uh, try to push the limits with something like that. I don't really see the, the you know, gain in doing that. So anyways, I expect him just to give me a warning, tell me to take down the video, and that's it. And instead, he goes and tells me that I would need to appear in front of a federal magistrate because uh, with the National Park, it's always anything that happens in a National Park is a federal offense. A speeding ticket is a federal offense in a National Park. And, uh, of course, I didn't react well to that. I, I, I couldn't believe that he would want to, first of all, that he was policing via YouTube. And second of all, that it would it could possibly lead to me having to fly out to Yellowstone 
to uh, defend myself in this citation or whatever. So anyways, he, um, he said I should be getting stuff in the mail and left it at that. So, I mean, it, it literally ruined my, my Christmas. I was so bummed out. I had all this paranoia and anxiety, not knowing what was going to happen. Um, and, I, and I didn't hear anything for three weeks. And I was hoping that, you know, they, they came to their senses. They realized it was kind of stupid to prosecute someone uh, via YouTube for a, for a flight that shows that absolutely nothing significant happened. And just to back up, this, this, this rule against uh, drone flights in the national parks was only implemented in late 2014. And it was brought about because there were some tourists. The most egregious offense was a, a I believe it was a Dutch or German tourist, uh, flew his drone and crashed it into a geyser. And it, the, the drone sunk to the bottom of the geyser. They never recovered it. So there, there was potential for it to somehow... Uh, affect the chemical balance of the geyser and cause lasting damage. There's another case of, of somebody that crashed their drone into uh, Yellowstone Lake and asked a park ranger to help recover it. And the only other example I found online was a gentleman from Oregon that flew his drone around a bunch of tourists that were, it was in a geyser area, there was a bunch of tourists around. And also, I guess he flew nearby some bison, you know, which could uh, potentially scare the scare the animals and maybe make them stampede and, I don't know, put somebody in danger. So, as is often the case, you know, this was brought about by some people doing some stupid things. A small, a small amount of people doing stupid things, which is unfortunate, but like I said, it's only been uh, in place for about a year. When, uh, uh, well, about a year when I, when I flew. And like I said, I had no prior knowledge. Uh, when I was on the phone with the park ranger, he said that, because I asked him, I asked him, well, how, do you guys notify people that there's a, a drone uh, ban in parks? Because I didn't see anything when I went in there. And he said that supposedly there's something uh, in a newspaper that mentions it on the, on the first page. And my girlfriend kept all of our paperwork from the entire trip. And she checked, and we weren't handed a newspaper that had said anything about drones. And he also said something about that there's signage in the parks at various places. He couldn't tell me exactly where, and I, I didn't see any of that either. So anyways, fast forward to three weeks after the phone call, and I um, got another voicemail. This is my dig at a voicemail from the park ranger's office asking me to call them back because they wanted me to speak to the prosecutor about the case. And at that point I, I figured, hey, you know, if they're going to be doing these citations, they can contact me through mail like any other ticket would be handled. Uh, this whole thing by about calling my cell phone and leaving messages, it didn't seem legitimate or make much sense to me. And I talked to a lawyer and he said the same thing, that he's never heard of, of things being handled in this manner. So anyways, um, I was going to just wait for something to come in the mail, and then I got a message the next day uh, from someone at the Everglades National Park down by me. I live in southwest Florida. And she said that she had to deliver the citation in person. Which again seemed odd. I, I don't understand the requirement. Um, so I had to make arrangements for, for her to come to my place of work and deliver my citation in person in my parking lot. 
which was odd. And I tried to ask her, you know, details about the whole drone ban stuff, and she basically had a, you know, don't shoot the messenger attitude about it, which is, I, I guess, is fine. But you know, she is part of the park ranger system, so I, I was hoping she would at least have something more to say about it, but she didn't. Uh, so I had the citation in hand. When I looked at it, all the details of it are, were incorrect. You know, I did, I did by going back and checking my, uh, my pictures from the trip, I determined that the flight was on uh, September 11th. The citation says September 10th. It had a, a, a random time for the offense. It had a random location. And their best guess, I thought it was weird that, you know, they didn't, they didn't seem to care if the information was correct. You know, I thought all along it was strange that, this, that you'd issue a citation without a park ranger actually being um, present or witnessing the offense, but I guess that's the way this system works. So anyways, I had, anyways, I had my citation, and um, then, then it was just um, waiting for my court date, which I, I did find out that the, um, the judge would allow me to appear by phone, thank goodness. I didn't have to fly to Yellowstone to appear before him. But um, I did have a conversation with the prosecutor, and he told me that the standard fine for a drone violation was a thousand thousand thirty-five dollars, I believe. Yeah, thousand thirty-five dollars. Which, of course, made my my jaw hit the floor. It seemed very, very excessive to me, especially with the conditions of of my offense, where I had no prior knowledge. The flight was uneventful. It was witnessed via YouTube, and I was contacted about it three months later by phone. But none of that seemed to matter. According to the prosecutor and to um, park rangers that I, I spoke to on the phone, their only uh, requirement was to prove that I flew my drone. didn't matter if I knew about it. Uh, that was irrelevant. All they had to prove was that I flew the drone, and the standard fine for that was $1,035. So I went back and forth with them a little bit. Um, got nowhere. They're just trying to kind of plead to their common sense you know, that this is this is an overreaction, and uh, did not get anywhere. Basically, they just the, the the final outcome of that was just tell it to the judge. More more or less, the onus was on me. If the judge uh, agreed with me, then um, then fine. Otherwise, this is the way that they move forward. It seemed like it was very black or white. There, there's no gray area, which um, seemed odd to me because like in every other citation situation that I've heard of, you know, it's always up to the officer's judgment. You know, he doesn't have to issue a citation. And in my case, I certainly didn't think that it, it merited this drastic of an action, but anyways. So, um, I also talked to some lawyers out in Wyoming, you know, because it really, really bothered me. Uh, just, just the principle behind this, that they, that they, we're gonna hit me with with a four a four digit fine for something that everyone I talked to the prosecutor the the park ranger none of them doubted that I had no prior knowledge of the ban but they they didn't care so that that annoyed me and I contacted a, a couple lawyers out in that area actually to look into possibly fighting the the citation both lawyers said that I had a good opportunity to uh, get the citation dropped, but the bad news was is it would cost me more to uh, 
fight it in legal fees than what the actual citation is. And I'm sure uh, the park rangers are very aware of that and they price their things accordingly where it makes legal representation um, a, a, a poor decision just from a, a financial standpoint. So anyways, my, my, my trial, it was a three-person trial, they, they saved time, they, um, they, they handled three cases at once. It was, a, it was a misdemeanor, of course. Two of us were on the phone and there was one person in the courtroom and the other person on the phone was another guy in the exact same circumstance as me. He uh, flew at Yellowstone. He uh, posted the video on YouTube, and they they uh, prosecuted him or pursued him the exact same way, uh, including the call on Christmas Eve about his drone flight. And again, there was nothing dangerous that happened during his flight, nothing egregious. But again, it didn't matter. So, anyways, we had our our court hearing. And during uh, our hearing, I pled guilty, you know, to, to which was recommended if you're going to get the minimum fine, or the, the standard fine. But then I, uh, during the um, proceedings, you have a opportunity to uh, what's the word for it? I can't remember the legal term for it. But basically, you you admit your guilt to the judge, but you um, damn, it's annoying me. I can't remember the name of that. You admit your your guilt to the judge, but you um, describe the circumstances surrounding it, you know, in, in the hope that the judge can uh, reconsider the the proposed fine amount by the prosecutor. And the judge, to my surprise, because I figured it was just going to be a rubber stamp, you know, wham bam, thank you, ma'am, situation. The judge actually did listen to my circumstance. It seemed like he did believe that I did not have any prior knowledge of the flight or of the uh, the flight restriction. And he reduced my fine by $250. So it's a small victory, I guess. Um, but I, so I wound up paying $885 total out of pocket, with $250 of that being a fine, $500 of that being a a uh, donation to the uh, Yellow Park Community Fund or something like that, and $35 in court costs. So, anyways. I just uh, I just want to share my story, um, just so others, you know, I guess can learn from it. And obviously, you don't want to you don't want to fly your drone in a national park area. And um, you know, and there's actually resources out there where you can see no fly zones. Uh, in addition to this, the FAA guidelines and the FAA registration that was enacted, I think December 21st of 2015, where you have to register your drone and agree to follow all of the FAA guidelines like don't fly more than 400 feet, keep the drone uh, within visual sight lines the entire time, don't fly around airports, that kind of stuff, So, which I did all that as well. So anyways, um, fellow drone pilots, use me as an example, don't do what I did, and uh, watch out for those National Park guys on YouTube. Okay. Till next time, Duffman out.